To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace. From God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Word of God upon which we base our message this morning on this 10th Sunday after Pentecost is the gospel for today. You heard it read before. I recall just these words from Luke chapter 12. I have come to throw fire on the earth. I wish that it had already started. I have a baptism to go through, and I will suffer until it's over. Do you think I came to bring peace to earth? No. I can guarantee that I came to bring nothing but division. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, our beautiful Savior, Son of God and Son of Man, my beloved. The section of Scripture before us today from Luke chapter 12 presents to us a paradox. Remember what a paradox was when you learned uh, English derivatives? What is, a, a paradox is, is a statement of, uh, that seems to be self-contradictory. A statement that contains two opposite facts or characteristics, but it's still true. A paradox is something that uh, you look at and you think uh, it must be one way or the other, but in reality, it's the same thing at the same time. Scripture is full of paradoxes. Here's a few. God, man. Jesus, God, and man. The cross, a place of curse and a source of blessing. The eternal God dies on the cross. Good Friday, the worst day of history, the best day of history. In death, Jesus gives life. On the cross, God is separated from God. The just dies for the unjust. On the cross, God prays to God. By his stripes, we are healed. Jesus serves as both the victim, the lamb, and the priest at the same time. The cross, so ugly and yet so beautiful. The Bible is full of paradoxes. In these words before us, this morning, Jesus predicts a paradox that results when the good news of the gospel of free forgiveness is proclaimed. The message of Jesus, his life, his suffering, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, will result in both peace and division. Jesus, the peace-bearer, Jesus, the divider, there's the paradox. Now, these words before us this morning uh, are Jesus' encouragement to us because as we experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, we also, at the very same time, will experience the anguish of division. 
And so Jesus encourages us to exercise patient perseverance because in reality, here in the world, believers are not liked by unbelievers. Now the words before us this morning from Luke chapter 12 were spoken by Jesus as he was making his last trip to Jerusalem to die for us. Jesus was resolute to complete his mission that had been given to him by his heavenly Father. And so at that time he speaks these words, I have come to throw fire on the earth. I wish that it had already started. I have a baptism to go through and I will suffer until it's over. Do you think I came to bring peace on the earth? No, I can guarantee nothing but division. What in the world is that all about? We have to take a look at uh, four different words there and define them this morning so we can understand these words of Jesus. First of all, we take a look at baptism. I have a baptism to go through. And then fire. I have come to throw fire on the earth. And then peace. Do you think I came to bring peace to the earth? And then finally division. I can guarantee you I came to bring nothing but division. Jesus says, I have come. I have a baptism to go through and I will suffer until it's over. What in the world is that all about? He has a baptism to go through. Remember one time uh, when Jesus was walking and talking with his disciples, James and John came up to Jesus thinking that he was going to set up some earthly palace in, in Jerusalem. And they came up to Jesus and they said, Jesus, let uh, one of us sit on your right hand and, on, and the other on your left hand. And Jesus answered by saying, can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm going to receive? Then remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was praying to his heavenly Father. He says, Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus' baptism, his cup, is his suffering, his death for you and for me. From his baptism by John the baptism, Baptist with that watery baptism in, in the Jordan River all the way to Jesus' bloody baptism on the outside of Jerusalem, Jesus was being baptized with the fire of God's wrath as a substitute punishment for you and for me. I have a baptism to go through and I will suffer until it's over. Jesus recognized his pain and his death was in front of him, and he was longing for it to be over so that something else could happen. I have come to throw fire on the earth. I wish it had already started. What in the world is that all about? Jesus was referring to the wildfire that would start after his suffering, death, resurrection, and ascension. And so he was longing for his suffering and death and resurrection to be over so that that fire could start. What? Acts chapter 1. Once, before Jesus', as, before Jesus ascension, so shortly before his ascension, once, while he was meeting with these, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but wait here a few days and you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. On Pentecost, tongues that looked like fire rested on each believer. 
And then the wildfire began. You want to listen to a wildfire? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Cyrene and Libya, Rome, Crete, Arabia, and we could add Germany, England, and America. The wildfire of the gospel began to spread after Jesus' ascension into heaven. And there is no place on this planet that the gospel has not touched. You see, fire can destroy, but fire can also restore. Wildfires destroy. But maybe some of you know something about a, a farmer or a forester that does a controlled burn to remove the stubble and to cause new growth. The fire of the gospel destroys sin, death, and the devil. The gospel fire destroys unbelief. But it also causes the growth of God's kingdom as new believers were added. First of all, just 130, and then 3,000, and then 5,000, and then many thousands, and then many millions, and billions, and trillions, and quadrillions, and I don't know what the definition for more of the millions are all over the world. The wildfire of the gospel. But then, Jesus goes on and says, do you think I came to bring peace to earth? No, I can guarantee that I came to bring nothing but division. From now on, a family of five will be divided. Three will be divided against two and two against three. He talks about mother and daughter-in-law. And I say, wait a minute, I thought Jesus was supposed to bring peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace be with you. When the Bible talks about that kind of peace, you have to define what peace God is talking about. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. I don't give you the kind of peace the world gives. Jesus was saying here, I have not come to deliver world peace. He came to deliver the peace of God which passes under all understanding. The peace of God which brings peace between God and sinners. God and sinner reconciled. The peace that you have known for most of us for much of our lives. Peace. God saying, you don't have to be afraid of me. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to punish you for any of your disobedience. I already punished my son on the cross for you. You don't have to be afraid. That's why for those fearful disciples on uh, Easter evening, thought Jesus, if they did, uh, Jesus did arise, what was he going to think? Would he, would he hurt them for being so disobedient and doubtful? Peace be with you. But verse 51 do you think I came to bring peace to earth? No, I guarantee you that I came to bring nothing but division. Whenever the message of peace, of forgiveness through Jesus Christ is proclaimed, it results in divisions. Because whenever the gospel is proclaimed, not everybody accepts. Many rejects. And throughout the world, you have two camps, unbelievers and believers. Simeon, old Simeon, already prophesied that 
uh, to baby Jesus way back when uh, his mother and father, uh, Joseph, the stepfather, presented him in the temple. This child is set for the falling and rising of many in Israel. Jesus said, people will hate you because you are committed to me. Throughout all of history, we've had divisions, Cain and Abel. Believers and unbelievers in Noah's day. The prophets spoke throughout all the Old Testament. Some people accepted, some rejected. During Jesus' day, the scribes and the Pharisees, the establishment, and then the tax collectors, sinners, and prostitutes who believed. Jesus preached. Some believed. And some wanted him to throw him off a cliff one time. Divisions even in families. How sad. From now on, a family of five will be divided. Three will be divided against two and two against three. A father will be against his son. A son against his father. A mother will be against her daughter. A daughter against her mother. A mother-in-law will be against her daughter-in-law. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Even in Jesus' family, there was division. One time when Jesus was preaching so hard, he didn't even have any time to eat. Uh, some of Jesus' family uh, came and tried to save him from the, the group. Jesus wouldn't go along, so they said, he's out of his mind. I think he's gone over the edge. I think he's a religious fanatic, his own family. Maybe in your family, you have that heartbreak and that heartache of members who reject Jesus. So that when you get together for family gatherings, you can't talk about Jesus because there might be a fight. Believers and unbelievers, divisions in the world, even in families, a result of the gospel fire of peace. I think you know as well as I do, there are some nations where if you become a Christian, you better watch out for your life. And there are some nations and some religions where if you become a Christian in that family, you are ostracized or they might even try to kill you. A result of the gospel wildfire of peace. So how do you deal with it? Well, we remember, first of all, that Jesus himself was rejected. But he continued to exhibit patient perseverance even in his anguish. And so he comforts us with these words. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have come into, I have overcome the world. The encouragement to us is no matter if we are surrounded by rejection of Jesus Christ, we can keep on witnessing the gospel of peace by our lives and our words and take a stand for Jesus. And it won't always be easy. Jesus, the peace bearer and the divider, there's your paradox. And a time is coming when there will be the final and the last division. The last division of all will take place publicly on Judgment Day. And Jesus will stand there and he will divide the sheep from the goats 
And those who courageously confess their faith will then remember the words of Jesus, everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. Take heart. In heaven, no more divisions. Only perfect peace and unity for all eternity. And thanks be to God for that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus, amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.